Hello and welcome to episode 13 of the Collect Your Life Incorporated podcast. I am your host and CEO, Janessa A. Henderson. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, Again, we appreciate every listener, everyone who decides to listen to us. So we are not live on Facebook uh, today. We are um, going to be available on all platforms when you when you hear this. Um, we're just not, sometimes we may not go live. Um, that's just how it goes uh, with the life that happens. So I appreciate you for uh, watching this on Apple. Uh, I mean, sorry, listening to this on Apple Podcasts, listening to this on Spotify, listening to this on um, Anchor, or catching the replay on Facebook or YouTube. Um, Of course, you won't see my face, um, but just know I'm good out here in these streets. So let's get into our topic for today. Um, One topic that we have today is a topic that I believe a lot of people may have issues with or dealings with in some areas of their lives or at some point in their lives, and it's insecurity. Um, insecurity is um, not something that we should have as believers and just as, yeah, just as believers, we should not have insecurity. Um, but insecurity will try to come in and try to get you to think that you're less than. And I'm just going to tell you, you know, my journey and my my life with insecurity. I want to also say and put a plug in, I've always said this, but I just want to reassure the people that uh, this podcast is in no way a um, substitute for mental health um, or anyone dealing with mental health or needing um, mental health. I support mental health. I want you to go get the help that you need. Um, That's for everyone because everyone should be healthy. The total man, not just your body being healthy, but your mind. Um, If your mind is healthy, you're kind of off, you know? So if your mind is unhealthy, you're kind of off. So I just want to say that um, please make sure that you don't think this is a substitute for mental health. And um, I am not a mental health professional. I am just um, someone with experiences and wanting to share uh, those experiences and just talk about different topics on a podcast. And here we go. So insecurity. Um, My insecurity kind of stemmed from at an early age um, because um, at an early age, I was set apart and I lived in a in a sanctified household like my parents were sanctified um I grew up in the church of God in Christ uh shout out to Bishop Mason you know like I love my roots I love the church of God in Christ that's where my belief uh in Christ began and um I'll always show homage and honor to the church that raised me um but um that being said that made me set apart as a as a young girl because I could not wear pants y'all I had to wear skirts I had to wear skirts and it was just like 
well, you know, um, you have to wear skirts because this is a sanctified holy household, you know? And it made me different. And in addition to that, I was like the only black girl in my classes. From elementary to middle school, I was either the only black or one of two or um, the only black child sometimes. And then sometimes I was the only black girl. And then sometimes I was the, you know, only <laughs> black or one of one of two or three. You know, it wasn't that many of us. So in the, in my class, like now in other classes, I guess they had to separate uh, separators. So that made me stand apart, made me feel different. Now in elementary school, that wasn't a really issue, you know, issue, but teachers and adults brought it out. So like they made the difference. And that's where like my bullying insecurity started because I was wearing skirts all the time. And one of my teachers in fourth grade, God rest her soul, she was a great teacher, but um, one thing that she did wrong one time was calling me out about wearing skirts. And she was like, and you wear skirts all the time. And it brought attention to the class because it was in front of the class. It brought attention to the class that I was different. And that made me feel so low and insecure. So um, then when I went to middle school, um, I developed and diagnosed was diagnosed with diabetes at the age of 12. That brought on even more because I was the child that ate all the the veggies and all that. I was the healthy child, you know, but they tested my, you know, blood and sent it off to a lab and by a technician. And they said it was type two. And it was like the trace of me getting diabetes was or the trait, whatever it was, was hereditary and that I had type 2. So, um, growing up, like, with diabetes made it worse because, like, most people equate diabetes with having, um, being overweight, which most people who are overweight could, could develop diabetes. That is true. So, as a child, okay, and this is me, um, I think I was in like fourth grade then. So I was a little thick out here. You know, I was a little thicker, you know, still thick. But I was a little thick, you know, long hair don't care, but I was thick. And then this is me in middle school around the time I got diabetes. I'm still a little heavier than most girls my age. Um, long hair don't care though. That girl cute. But I didn't feel pretty. I didn't feel it when I would look in the mirror. And it's not that I wasn't in a house that would tell me. My my parents affirmed me daily, you know, but I had to believe it in myself and I didn't believe it in myself. So that's where the insecurity came. And um, so with diabetes, I was like, oh, it's something else I got to deal with. And then when I got diagnosed with diabetes, I went to La Bonner, uh Children's Hospital here in Memphis, um, all the kids who got diagnosed with me, like we all, I guess we all, you know, we're going to our education, diabetes education class at the same time. And um, I'm like, all these kids are skinny, Lord. Like they all are, when I say little, they were little, they were small, like skinty. And, you know, they, they were sicker than I was. 
to be honest. Because um, they were still, some of them were still in the hospital and they had diabetes. So, like, um, not all diabetics are overweight, you know. And not all diabetics are skinny. But, like, in this case, I was like, oh, that that was a shock to me. You know, like, most of the people that I was in contact with were skinny, small, you know. And I was an actor child. I was in band, and I was in a lot of stuff. But, you know, it's just, like we talked about on last episode, nutrition and just knowing what to eat and when to eat and all those things um, is very important, being educated about that. So that wasn't, of course, done in my household. You ate what you could, you know, whatever. So that being said, uh, moved to high school. Uh, have Again, I have diabetes. I didn't want to tell people that I had diabetes. And I still felt, I felt unpretty when I looked in the mirror. I was like, I'm cute. You know, it was some days I felt cute, but some days in my own skin, I did not feel pretty. Um then going to high school and like I didn't have I had attention from boys in high school but it was mainly because I was thick but um I didn't I still didn't have that self-confidence I didn't have that self-confidence or security in myself because I was insecure okay um I talked to people like it was and then going to high school was a different dynamic uh racially I was I went to Overton High School, the School of Performing Arts, and that was, um, I was a, a majority, not a minority anymore. Like, I was in an all-black school, mostly, predominantly. And it was different because, you know, people check you. So I was like, and then people check me a lot. And if you from Memphis, you know people check. So they were checking me for my skirts and all type of stuff. And so then I remember because I was in band, I was in our, uh, I was in the creative and performing arts program in band. I remember marching and I said, mama, I have to have pants. I cannot march in no skirt. Like who? I'm not going to march in no skirt and have to have my, you know, all this stuff with this flute in a skirt. I'm not going to do that. So she had to buy me some pants for practice and stuff. But why she buy the ugliest pants, y'all? Like, literally, they were the ugliest. And I ain't got no picture because I probably would not put myself out there like that. But that was some ugly pants. So, that really was like, wow. You know, I had the ugly pants. And I was already, you know, I wouldn't say talked about. But um, it was already like... It's the girl who wears skirts all the time. You know, like, it was already, I was already standing apart, you know, set apart. So, it it hit different, you know, like, I didn't really have guys lined up uh, to ask my dad to take me out, you know, growing up. And um, I wouldn't say it was an issue but it affected me because I was like, well, damn, am I pretty? You know, like I, because that played into the insecurity. And I was just like, not knowing who I truly was. And like I said, my parents affirmed me. I lived in a household where my dad loved him some me, you know, like and my mom loved her, loves her some me. Um, and they always 
you know, told me I was beautiful and pretty and everything. And like even family members did, like I had aunts and everything would tell me, you're just so gorgeous. You just the chubbiest, cutest little, you know, just they would affirm me. But I still didn't feel it. And that goes to show like you have to make sure you can have the best relationship, uh, best marriage, best, you know, relationship, whatever. And if you don't have that your own self-love, that's going to become a poison in that relationship. You know, um, if you're not securing yourself, that could attract different people, you know, the wrong people. Um, so... I went to college and, you know, college is where you really like learning about yourself. I'm still wearing skirts, y'all, too. And I would start to buy pants. I would start to buy pants and everything. And again, I was teased for being thick, too, in high school. And that's something now that people pay to get surgeries for. Like what I naturally have, people um, people tease me for, Okay. So that being said, like I'm sitting here, you know, um, in college growing. And this is where my relationship with the father, with God is really growing because like I'm on my own now. I can't lean and depend on parents. You know, I have to truly lean and depend on the father for different things. Faith for this paper, Lord. I know I just did it. I'm procrastinated, you know, just different things like that. And I just started to glow, uh, grow and blossom and grow into my own self. So um, I would say my self-confidence was was coming up. Like it went from like maybe a one or two to like a seven. And so then um, when I graduated from college and, you know, moving to <clears throat> teaching um, and all that stuff, and I was just like, I'm pretty, you know, like I knew I was pretty. Um, well, I think my insecurities really went away towards like the end of my freshman year of college. And I think it was just like till I realized like I'm beautiful because in in my day in high school, middle school, we didn't have though, you really have social media to tell us, you know, this is the it girl, you know, this the it girl, you know, this person is it. But we had TV and commercials and they would show like this version, like this long hair, um, skinny person was the, 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 this is beauty, you know, and that's not just, that's not the only person that could be beautiful. You could be skinny, you know, white, purple color, black, whatever. It doesn't matter. You're still beautiful in your own, you know? And so that is what I had to learn. Like that first year of college, it was really like good for me to go away to school. Uh, so I could know who I was or learn who I was and start to really learn who I was. And that's again, where my relationship with God grew. It went from religion to relationship. Like, I'll take relationship with God over religion any day. So I graduated from college and this is when I have, I still haven't had a serious relationship. This is where I have a serious relationship and um, the first serious relationship. And I'm a giver. Like when I say I'm a giver, 
I give my last, not to boast, not to brag, but I will give my last to my people. Um, if I have it, I'm going to give it. And even in the past, like even last over the past year, last year, I've given my last to people and didn't have anything for me. But God always made a way. Like he always provided. Um, especially if you give in fertile ground. Like if you're giving to somebody you know this is fertile ground, you know. Um, and you know the Lord, even if it's not fertile ground, and you know the Lord is leading you to give to them, then sow into that person because you never know how God is going to impact your life. Um, it doesn't have to be monetary. And I feel like seeds that I've sown have really is kept me through a lot of hard times, uh, not monetary, but like in my life kept my mind, you know, just seeding into people's lives kept me. Um, so I'm a giver in relationships. Like I love to give, like my love language, my main one is acts of service. If somebody tells me you're going to do something, then I expect you to do it. Like you see, I'm, you see, I got 12,000 million things going on and you take care of three or four or five, uh, you might have you one for life, you know, like, and that, but that's my main one, but I'm really all multi-love lingual. Like I need all of it. Okay. So the love I give, the affection I give is what I expect in return. And so I pay attention to detail and I give of my time, of my energy, all that to people. And sometimes that's not reciprocated. Um, and that wasn't reciprocated in that relationship. And that was like my first serious relationship, you know. And um, I was giving and giving and basically being taken advantage of, if we're being honest. And then that broke off. And then my my ex-husband came around and um I was like well he younger you know this ain't gonna work or whatever so and this goes into our next topic not just insecurity this goes into our next topic of um being single and not settling um so my ex-husband came around and I was like he younger than me I got this, that, and the other. And one reason why I probably didn't have a serious relationship in college was because I had a goal. Like, I was like, I'm graduating four years. I got to have this, this, and that. Like, I didn't, I wasn't playing with the people. Like, I didn't have time to play. I had a plan. But God had another plan. So, but I graduated in four years. But the career path I thought I was going to be on was not where God was leading me to. So, um, anyway, my ex-husband came around after the first serious relationship failed, you know, whatever. And I was just like, you know, whatever, this we gonna have a little fun, whatever, this ain't gonna be done. And so then I ended up falling for him, you know, and falling in love and still I I feel like I should have still had my eyes open to other things not saying because um yes I I'm a true traditional girl like I am not one to have multiple people um like 
multiple people that I'm in a relationship with. If that's you, you know, that's you, that's, that's you, sis, okay? But that's not me. So, like, but I'm saying I should have been open to still dating other people because I wasn't in a committed, you know, anything. You're not in a commitment until you get married. So, um, and I didn't even realize I was settling until after, um, I got married, but it was so many red flags. It was so many things telling me that maybe you should pause. Like we, um, he proposed to me and I said, yes. And then we were planning the wedding and then I should have just given it more time. Like I was in a rush to get married because I was excited. I was like, oh yeah, we're, why, why wait? Like seize the day, you know, carpe diem. But that wasn't what I should have done. And then the signs were there. Like I remember a month before getting married, um, there was a, our beliefs didn't line up. And so that, that's unequally yoked. Like that, that was basically what it was. But I was like, well, he's just having cold feet. You know, I'm trying to justify everything. So I'm telling anybody single, sis, don't do that. Don't justify. If you feel something, it's a reason. So what you should, what I should have done was go pray about it. And seek, truly seek. I did pray about it, but I didn't seek the Lord's face. I didn't, I didn't. Say, I think we should hold off on the wedding. And then I feel like if I had a said that too, like I really feel in my heart, if I had a said, I think we should hold off on the wedding, that um, I would have seen the side that I saw in, you know, in marriage after. And so like, basically I got married, you know, and I knew I was disobedient. Like, I didn't know it then. I didn't really. I was like, Lord, I I really thought that you know it was just a test. Like, Lord, you know, you're just testing us, you know, whatever, and he's gonna be fine. But when I look back on it, I was disobedient, like straight disobedient to God, and He still kept me like along the life, and so I endured stuff that maybe the Lord wouldn't have wanted me to endure, but. He allowed me to endure it because of my disobedience. Like, I had to go through the, the physical, the verbal, and the emotional stuff. Um, I was walking on eggshells, y'all. Like, I could not be my true self. Like, I didn't know what was going to set anything off. I was like, I didn't know if I said one thing was going to set, it, set uh, this person off or not. So, I just, I was, yeah. I was just completely, um, and that brings on, I would say that brought on more insecurities. Like I, like I, like I said, I have insecurities from, from a, from a child to middle school and that insecurity 
was like, I mean, child, childhood until college, I had insecurities. And then that insecurity went away until I was in my marriage. That was, it was a fraudulent covenant. You know, I wasn't supposed to be in it. And so I was insecure about myself. I was like, well, what did I do, God? And then the Lord was just like, well, he brought back to my memory so many things. Like I wasn't, like I said, I wasn't supposed to be married. And not to dwell on that. But um, so I was insecure during the course of my marriage. Like, am I, you know, am I worthy? Am I enough? And that's what the enemy wants you to feel. The enemy wants you to feel so downtrodden the enemy wants you not to know who your true self is like you are um a joint heir with christ you are fearfully and wonderfully made like all this stuff that we are as believers as we are as children of the most high like the enemy wants you to feel insecure. He wants you to feel downtrodden. He wants you to feel defeated. He wants you to feel like you're not pretty. So that he can have avenues and you can do all this other different things. And he wants to bring in those things that are not for you. So like that's what I was. I was insecure, y'all. And it was so so hard um for me um because I was wrestling before I left my ex-husband I was wrestling with leaving for like a year or two and I because I had already stayed beyond my expiration date you know um and so I knew I knew I had to get out I knew I had to get out of it because the one thing the Lord shows me is he shows me in dreams like um, a lot of times what is to come. And he showed me that like it wasn't good for my child to be in there, like a toxic, unhealthy environment. It wasn't good for either of us to be in that. Um, because it was a toxic, not just, and because people say toxic so much, but an unhealthy place, an unhealthy environment. It was not good for either one of us. And so I, I had to step out and leave. And ever since, ever since I stopped settling for what was less than for me. God has made a way like I didn't know where I was going to go, but God has made a way like every step, every decision. God has led me to the right decisions. He's led me to where I should be, who I should be talking to. And I'm single secure. Like I'm single, single, like my phone drive, like I ain't, ain't nobody. Okay. But in that, if it had been me, like, maybe a few years ago, like, if I had a left, like, it 
I left, even though I stayed beyond my expiration date, because most women do. But if I had a left pre or not prematurely, but earlier when when I when I was like first having those conversations with God and praying and all that, um, and trying to make things work, but it wasn't working. If I had a left then, I probably would have got into a relationship that I didn't need to, you know. So like now I'm just patiently waiting for my king to find me, you know, but. I am, I have been in places, and even after divorce, y'all, even after separation, there was insecurities that crept in. I was like, well, am I not worthy enough? You know, am I this? Like, is somebody really going to want a divorced woman with um, a child? You know, like, insecurities crept up, and but that's how the enemy tries to use that same tactic to come at you. He uses the same thing to try to pick at you and pick at you. And that's what insecurity is. Because when I stop believing what the enemy said and what other people said, I'm only believing what God says about me. You know, what God, what does God say though? You say that I'm not worthy. You don't value, you might not value me. You know, a person might not value you. That has nothing to do with you and your self-worth, you know, just because someone doesn't value you. So I want anyone who's single like me, anyone who's been through a heartbreak, because those heartbreaks do hurt. Like, yes, I loved him. It was hard to leave, but I wasn't in love anymore. Like that in love was gone a long time ago. And so um, I had to realize that I was settling you're just sitting here settling no you can do bad by yourself and you really can by yourself and God you can do good um a lot of times we're insecure and we feel like we have to have a mate or someone to talk to to feel complete no you should come to the relationship full and whole and if you're not full and whole, then, and healed, baby, please be healed. Don't get into a relationship. Don't even talk to nobody. Just be by yourself. If somebody DM you, you like, hey, you know, I'm working on myself. Bye. You know, if they get to that conversation where they want to try to, like, date or something, don't date. Don't even date. You need a season by yourself. Like, I'm telling you from what I know. Like, from what I know. Okay, so like as a single woman, that season by yourself, those self dates, when I say I go and look pretty for myself, okay, I get my makeup done, I go and I have all the nine yards, y'all, hair done, makeup done, nails done, looking fine. And I'm going on a self date by myself. And those are the best dates. They are the best dates ever. Because I'm just in tune with me. Because I love me. God loves me. I love me. And then whoever is supposed to be my husband will love me too. But I got to love me. And that took a toll. Like after you have a child too. Like, And we'll get into that in another episode. But after you 
um, have a child, you have to go back and reaffirm and love yourself again. Like you have to go back and get into that self-love because motherhood postpartum takes a toll on you, you know? So, um, but don't settle. I all I want to tell people, do not settle. Don't just jump into the next thing. And like at the age I'm at, it's like something about 30, you know, something about after 30, you just know something not going to work. Like, and that was around the pivotal time when I left. Like, I turned 30 December. I left two months later because I was like, nah, this ain't going to work, player. I can't keep doing this. I can't keep walking on eggshells in my house. Like, I ain't got time for this, you know? So, I had to throw the deuces. And the Lord kept saying, if you don't leave today, it was like the Lord was yelling in my ear. You know, like, okay, Lord, I hear you. I'm sorry, God. That type of situation, okay? If the Lord is telling you to leave a situation, please do. Because it's so much better. You may be alone for a period. And that may be what you need. Because I needed to heal. Like, I have needed this time to heal. I needed this time to be by myself. I needed this time to just focus on Janessa and what what is Janessa like? Because I was so had the title of a wife and had the title of a you know a mother still you know I'm always gonna be a mother baby, but I had the title of a wife and I was just like so and so's wife and I'm like who is Janessa? Like I lost myself in that relationship. And I had to go back and find her and go back and remember what the Lord said about me. Like, she is far above Ruth. I had to go back to look at Proverbs 31. Like, okay. You know, I had to go back and look at different scriptures. Like, Lord, you said I'm this. I don't feel it. So help me. So healing, therapy, like spending time with the Father in his presence is key going to therapy is key deliverance is key jesus is key like all these things definitely helped me during or are and are helping me but i'm saying i am already healed from that but you don't want to jump into anything just because the last didn't work you don't want to just jump to your next you want to make sure you're fully secure in in yourself. You are healed. You're a whole because that person's not going to add to you. You are that's a part that's supposed to be a partnership. Whatever that person brings is is a partnership. Like you should already be at 100% and they should already be at 100%. And y'all are two 200% together, you know? Like people think that oh they're 50/50 issue. 50-50, it's a 50-50 partnership, but you should be 100% whole. They should be 100% whole. That's just point blank and the period. If you're not, then you need some healing. You need some individual counseling. You need might need some couple counseling. And so I'm telling the people today, if you're single, sometimes you know from the beginning of a text message or DM because I've had them. I'm like, oh, this ain't gonna work. You're not for me. <laughs> like, from the conversation, from how you address, from how people address me, it's like, nah, that ain't gonna work, homie. That ain't gonna work. Oh, nah, that ain't gonna work. You know, this ain't gonna work. 
it's like my it's something about 30 30 he's different because i've gotten messages i was like mm. and i and i be nice y'all to the people in my inbox i actually say hey or something but some people just do the most it's like now you you do the most you don't know me from adam but and i already know this there's not any and i just don't continue the relationship i mean not relationship but the conversation is what i meant because i ain't in no relationship but being single secure is something that comes from within um casting away that anxiety that worry that doubt that fear of 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 rejection um and just knowing that you are who god says you are and when you truly like the enemy don't want you to to know who you truly are in Christ because and fully use and fully be loosed in that because then he ain't gonna have no way no access to you he ain't gonna have no way to you because you are gonna be knowing and glowing and God got you you know a hundred percent you already know what God God says this about me I I am the apple of God's eye if you are a child of God, you are the apple of his eye. And then you have somebody out here in these streets trying to tell you that you're not worth it. Nah, baby. I'm good, love. Enjoy. Like, know your worth, ladies and gentlemen. Like, not just the ladies out here. I'm talking to everyone. Know your worth. Be single. Enjoy the se- Go on dates. You know? Yeah, I want to take me on a date. Okay. Because it, it could be the start of something. But if it's not, you just had a, you just had a good time with someone. Okay. You got a friend. You know, you can always be friends. <laughs> Some people can't. But, you know, just enjoy the time and get yourself where it needs to be. Enjoy the singleness. Um, so that when your person comes you good you said for life and i'm looking at i have this picture on facebook remember that the relationship you have with yourself affects all the others and that goes back to all we've said today with insecurities with my my story about insecurity and being single secure um and not settling if your relationship with yourself is off then nine times out of 10, their relationship with everyone else is going to be off. So you got to make sure you're secure. You got to take care of self. Self, Like the self-care and the self-care campaign, the self-love, self-confidence, self-everything that is so harped on. And I know that it could be cliche and like people are so tired, might be tired of self-care hearing it, but it's very important in this day. Because like your relation your your own self, if you can't you cannot pour out of an empty cup. So if you want to be fulfilled in a relationship, you want to have the best relationship, you gotta take care of you. And that starts with your with you and your relationship with yourself and what you see in the mirror. Starts with the man in the mirror.
the woman in the mirror. So I hope you enjoyed this podcast. I'm so thankful that you decided to join us on episode 13. Be on the lookout for our next episode. It's going to be lit. We got a guest coming. It's going to be lit. Y'all be blessed.